On today's episode of Secrets to Scaling okay. Your E-Commerce Brand, I had a chance to chat with Lance Patterson, the CEO at Juice Beauty. We talked all about what 2024 is going to look like. We talked about their role as a brand that serves millennials and Gen Xs and what they actually do on TikTok. So if you're struggling with TikTok, understanding TikTok shops, understanding the direction of where your company is even headed in 2024, especially if January was a brutal month for you, you guys are not going to want to miss this one. Guys, I've actually been using this app for years. Did you know that most e-commerce stores are leaving 10 to 15% of their total revenue on the table by not offering upsells with every purchase? Crazy, right? But you can actually put that money back into your wallet with the one-click upsell app. One-click upsell is the secret weapon that's already made 560 million in extra upsell revenue for merchants just like you. This simple app transforms any Shopify store by offering highly targeted pre-purchase and post-purchase upsells with every single order. We've seen one-click upsell double a merchant's total revenue and average order value practically overnight. In fact, the average Shopify merchant who installs one-click upsell on their store increases their total sales by 10 to 15% as soon as they set up the app. And it's ridiculously simple to set up. I can even set it up. Not saying I'm, you know, bad at setting things up, but... One Click Upsell is the original upsell app for Shopify. Again, I've been using this one for years and it's highly profitable. Upsell funnels have already made half a billion dollars. Yes, I know we just said that before, but it's true. That's because One Click Upsell actually has more features and more offer placements than any other upsell app on the market. You get state-of-the-art features like AI-powered upsells, which is massive, brand new product page widgets, and high converting shopping cart pop-ups. Plus the app has built-in split testing, which is again, super simple to use. So it's a no-brainer to find the best performing offers for your particular store. That's why it's no surprise that one-click upsell has made merchants like you again, an extra half a billion dollars and continuing in additional revenue. So if you're looking for the fastest way to scale your Shopify store in 2024, head on over to oneclickupsell.com and claim your special 30-day free trial offer. It only takes a few clicks to install the app launch your first upsell and start generating 10 to 15% more revenue today, as in literally right now. And I hate that I said literally, but I did. <laughs> Don't miss out on another dollar in free upsell. Go to oneclickupsell.com and start your free trial right now. And please tell them that Jordan sent you. Hey guys, Jordan West back with another episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand. I'm not sure if I've ever told you guys, but doing podcasts is one of my most favorite things in the world. I just love these days that I record podcasts. I just love it. I absolutely love it. I hope you guys understand how much I enjoy doing this. Even if it wasn't part of what I do in this world, I would try to do it. Today, I'm really looking forward to this conversation. I'm talking with Lance Patterson. Did I get that right, Lance? From Juice Beauty, CEO of yeah. Juice Beauty. Yeah. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much, Jordan. Happy to be here. After like so many episodes, I think this will be like episode 550 or something. I've gotten so many names wrong over the years and I'm like, oh no, oh no. And I always blank. It's the fact that I think I overthink it too much that I'm like, oh, was it Peterson or Patterson? Oh no. I should have thought like James yeah. Patterson. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I can remember Lance Patterson, but <laughs> Lance, for people who don't know anything. I wish I was James Patterson. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that would be a heck of a life, you know, writing novels. I'll bet you that yeah. we could plug his books into ChatGPT now and be him. You know, like I'm sure it wouldn't be that. Oh, you're difficult. right. It's true. They can be me basically. Yeah. 
So for people who don't know anything about you or anything about Juice Beauty, just tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. So I'm the CEO of Juice Beauty. I've actually recently joined, but I've been in the beauty industry for nearly 25 years and running several different beauty brands. So I guess I came up through the sales track and was fortunate enough to take on some general manager responsibilities and ultimately become a CEO. So I've been doing this, you know, and leading a few different brands for the last maybe 10 years. And I'm super excited to now be leading Juice Beauty. So what brought you to Juice Beauty? Because coming in as an external CEO, it's number one, there's a huge amount that goes into that from the board, right? That's coming and trying to find an external CEO. Switching CEO roles is a big deal. What brought you into here and what makes you think that you're going to be able to be successful in this role right now? So I was living in Europe and the UK for eight years and running CEO of a few brands over there. And I wanted to come back to the US. And so I joined another company in skincare as a CEO and was loving it. But I was introduced to the founder of Juice Beauty, Karen, just by chance by an old colleague. And we ended up having, I think it was dinner. And I don't know, I just really was entranced by Karen's philosophy and her passion for organic and wellness. She's quite an innovator. We like to say she's the original of this skincare movement and organic clean skincare. And over the months we kept in touch and started sharing ideas. And next thing I know, I was meeting her and the board and they made me an offer and here I am. Awesome, awesome. That's Well, it sounds a lot easier than a lot of other people's experiences in, in these circumstances. So that sounds- Yeah, it was really quite fortunate. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. When you connect with somebody, it makes it easy, you know, when you link up. So the fact that she trusts me to be the first outside person to come in and run to the company is really, really honored. But it's a really big deal to have that happen, right? Like that's an absolute massive amount of trust, right? That somebody has, especially with founder led companies, right? I understand I own multiple companies and I'm a group CEO over top of them. And relinquishing control over these things is so ridiculously difficult when you've been the founder, which is why I sit in the marketing seat at the agency so much as the CEO here, because I feel like I can have more control and still maintain some of that control. Lance, I want to get into this year in particular. What is your crystal ball telling you that 2024 is going to look like? Because I will tell you January across the board, and I was actually trying to find some numbers online for this yesterday. I couldn't. All of this is anecdotal, but from the brands that I've talked to, which is probably in the hundreds-ish, maybe closer to a thousand. It's been brutal. January has been absolutely brutal. Google's CPA was up 88%. Number one, do you have any ideas why? Like I would love to just like, and I understand you're not sitting in the marketing seat, but like just from a macro standpoint, why was Google's CPA up so much? I don't get it. Yeah, I think because everyone's running to the TikTokification of marketing. And I think we're all fighting for the same eyes and in search, especially, and bidding and bidding. And I think so many brands, specifically in beauty, have entered the market. The cost to create a brand from the ground up is maybe not so difficult, but to get it known was hugely expensive. Yeah. But today you can start a beauty brand for very little oh, yeah. and you can market it for very little. So because of the social media, and I think that so many people are coming to the table and then they're bidding up against each other and it's just driving up all the costs. 
and becoming difficult for brands that don't have these mega budgets. So it's almost like it's coming full circle, They're like the old advertising model where you were on TV and it cost a zillion dollars. Now it's impacting you in, in search or in paid advertising. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's just really interesting to see this, like what exactly is going on in this market. Let's get back over to TikTok for a second. What is your guys' play on TikTok going into 2024? Because I think that there was a lot of us, especially like I'm about to turn 38, sort of squarely in that kind of millennial sort of range. I don't get it. I don't understand TikTok. I don't get how to even go viral on TikTok. Like I see it and I'm like, I think I could break this down analytically, but I don't really get it. And then a few years ago when it was like, we're going to ban TikTok and like, okay, okay. So maybe TikTok's going to be banned at one point. And I think a lot of us have kind of stayed off. And now we realize with TikTok shops, it's like, well, you have to be there. You just absolutely have to be there. I'm actually turning, I'm going to do a whole podcast episode on how I'm turning this funnel completely upside down to start with TikTok shops. Where do you picture this happening? And what are you picturing going on in the market specifically with TikTok lens? You're so right. I think so many people thought and still think that TikTok is a bunch of people dancing. Yeah. I was listening to the radio or something this morning and they're talking about how universal music has removed their catalog from TikTok. So a lot of videos have gone silent. So it's like a silent movie, basically. And they're saying how, oh, no one's going to be dancing anymore. Well, no one's dancing on TikTok. That's not what TikTok is no. about. And I'm personally upset. And I see it just accelerating and understanding that it's a way to reach an audience that you might not have reached. And it's not just that everyone is a young kid. There's all ages there. And I think you have to just stay true to who you are as a brand and live your truth and don't try to be and follow every single trend. And to become viral, I think if you tell a really authentic story that the consumer or the TikTok watcher is interested in, you're going to fly. In my last role, we had something go viral on our brand. Within, I don't know, a day, we had 24 million views on this post. And it was a dermatologist. And she mentioned our product. And she talked about it in a way that was even we as a brand hadn't thought of talking about it. And it was very educational and it just went and spread like wildfire. The next thing we know, we're sold out around the world of this product. So it has tremendous, tremendous mm. impact. And when I think about TikTok shops, we're just in the process of getting ready to launch TikTok shops and go live. And our goal is ultimately to be on TikTok live constantly and every day for hours every day. And it's not so much for me about sales. It's about awareness. It's about gathering the community together. People that are obsessed by organic, clean, natural skincare and really telling the story and helping them understand that just because it's clean doesn't mean it's not effective. Interesting. I try not to talk too much on these episodes about ideas that I have, but I'm just going to intersperse this one in here, Lance, because I think that it's interesting as we're talking about TikTok shops, because we're absolutely obsessed with it. We've been running betas for companies at the eight on the agency side right now, because we understand how much work it is internally, right, for companies. I'm really picturing the entire funnel being flipped on its head. And so it starts with TikTok shops. And now you've got content creation basically taken care of Correct. because you have these people who are posting for you that we can now gather all of this content from, right? Because we're always asking for usage rights for every single person that we work with anyway. Plus you're driving sales on TikTok shops. Plus it's leaking over to direct to consumer. 
it's this virtuous, incredible cycle. And I really do think that Facebook and Instagram, just meta in general, is going to go to this model. And what I truly believe what it means for the direct consumer brands is that we're not paying per post anymore. That's going to just be a thing of the past. It's like, you want to work with a brand? It's performance only. That's the way we do influencer work, right? Which is how it should have been the entire time anyway. That's the best way that capitalism works in my mind. It's like you get paid when you perform. So anyway, I just wanted to just chuck that in there for everyone because I'm really obsessed with these ideas right now. Where do you see Juice Beauty sitting on TikTok and still being authentic to who you guys are? You know, if you go to our page or our wall, I don't know what you want to call it, the grid, we have a decent following, something like 80,000 people, but I'm going to be candid. It's not a really engaged audience. And Mm -hmm. when you look at it and you think about our brand and I look at the analytics behind our brand, we are trying to be something we're not in that Mm -hmm. prior to my joining. So we are going after, we're pretending that our customer is the one that's dancing or that they're 22 years old and that's not our customer so our customer is the millennial plus so you're a millennial i'm a gen x that's our customer and we're doing that so we are transitioning over to do that and we're reaching out and building relationships with creators that identify with us as a brand and have this believe wellness is a really important aspect sustainability clean beauty and but they really first and foremost want their skin to look better so that's how we're approaching it and that's how we're kind of rebuilding our audience. Gotcha. How do you stand out? You know, I've had quite a few beauty brands on this podcast over the years and there's so much, like I was in Sephora the other day with my wife and I've obviously been in Sephora a few times, but it's overwhelming. Like I would have no clue how to make a decision there and what differentiates. Cause I'm like, is that an actual differentiation or are you, or is that just marketing? Right. Especially as a marketer, right? Like you see through a lot of this kind of stuff. How do you guys differentiate yourselves, Lance, in a market that is seems like it's never ending with new brands that are coming out? It is absolutely crazy of all the noise, as I'll call it, right, in the Sephora's and the Altas of the world is so loud. When Juice Beauty started 18 years ago, they were literally one of the only brands doing what they do. Today, there's dozens and dozens. It is really hard. The way to stand out is to be authentic, to speak to almost to the smallest addressable audience. Once you're really targeting in to who that customer group is, they don't have to be a zillion people. It could be a really small group. They then become your ambassadors. They come to spread the word. And that's how you have to go about it. And really think about your point of differentiation. So at Juice Beauty, our products, we don't have any added water. So if you were comparing our product to another, 70% of our products are filled with grape or a juice, organic juice that we create on our farm. Whereas most other brands, 70% of that is water. And then we add on top of our juice, we add active ingredients. So not only are you getting this powerful antioxidant, Mm. you're getting all these other ingredients. We haven't been speaking about that. And that's something that we have to speak about and really brag about and be proud that we're so differentiated from other brands in the market and why our products are so effective. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's just really 
Interesting. I've got a question that just came up in my mind here, Lance. My wife and I went in to see the new Mean Girls, and I saw a couple of interesting product placements, and I'm forgetting who it was from exactly. I forget the brand. And I saw it multiple times, and I'm like, oh, beautiful product placement. It was just like, just in there. And again, I'm not in the makeup world. You may know who it was. What are people paying these days for placements like that in a movie like Mean Girls? Yeah, any ideas? One-click upsell increases your Shopify revenue 10 to 20% by offering your customers highly targeted upsells and cross-sells on every single purchase. In a few clicks, you can add state-of-the-art upsells to your product pages, car pages, thank you pages, and even the shop app. So you can capture more money from every single customer practically overnight. Oh my God. I have no idea, but I'm going to tell you it's a lot of money. Like seven figures at least to get that? Yeah, it's seven figures. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And honestly, I don't know if it really has an impact or not. I've been in many brands where we've had a placement, whether it was on Sex in the City years ago or a movie. One brand I was at, actually, we were... At the end, the character was sent to our shop to get a fragrance that this man that died had said inspired him about her. And that that one worked, but that's when they're walking into our store, you know, Uh, and they're smelling it and all these things. So today I wouldn't personally be investing in that. I think it's all about the creator network and really going after the social media aspects. That's where the eyes are. So where are you putting your money in 2024 when it comes to growing the new customer base? First of all, I want to call out, you are the second person today that's brought up this smallest addressable market, this idea. I think it's Seth Godin that coined it. I'm sure it's like been an idea for a long time. It is. It's Seth Godin. Yeah. And it's a beautiful idea, right? And I think it actually, it's funny. As soon as you said it and my previous guest said it, it's like all my anxiety goes away. Right. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. Just find those whatever that is, whatever that smallest addressable market is and build stuff for them because afterwards other people are going to look to that. But you need to know who that market is and what they want. Absolutely love it. So let's go back. Where are you putting your dollars this year to actually grow? So I would say there's three specific places. First and foremost, people, our team and building out our team and supporting our team out in the stores. They really have an immediate direct impact. The other place is in media. It's being very targeted and specific of who we're going after, really addressing, understanding we're doing research now on who is our audience, what do they like, what do they don't they like, and understanding the cohorts that we need to go after. And then finally, into influencer and creator relationships. These are priceless. To develop these relationships with people that passion for what we do, and whether their audience is a thousand or 20,000 or a quarter of a million, that is really where we're doing a lot of focus. Mm. What does paid media look like in 2024 to you, Lance, right now from this perspective? CPMs continue to rise. It's an election year in the States. You know I'm Canadian because I refer to it as the States. And what does that look like for you guys when you're kind of planning out budgeting specifically on the paid channels? I mean, we have to keep in mind that prices are going up and why it's so important to go, let's say, the basics. When you're going after a keyword or something, obviously, if it's something very broad, the cost can go up very high. So understanding and getting into the micro details and how to go after those certain segments that are unique to you 
are going to really open up a huge opportunity and where the expense is slightly less. Mm. Also going to new places. So Reddit is a completely undeveloped place where there's thousands and thousands of people talking about skincare, for example. Yeah. But Reddit has just kind of opened up and started developing this whole advertising model. And it's still not exorbitantly expensive. Yeah. And you can really engage with the consumer there. Another place is YouTube. Yes, it's expensive, but you can really, even as a brand, monetize yourself on YouTube to help feed back the loop into your media. That's a very beautiful so way to do it. It's so unique. So I think it's understanding those things. And we're not experts at Juice Beauty. And that's why now we're actually in the process of finishing an RFP with media agencies. Yeah, yeah. Because there are experts out there. And to admit what we don't know and embrace it and bring in experts to help guide us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Came across an interesting article the other day about this idea of effective CPMs. They call it ACPM. I actually never even heard of this concept before, but basically they were breaking down the idea that like not all CPMs are created equal. And so what it actually showed was that the cheapest form of traffic from an effective CPM standpoint is actually podcasts. So podcasts are actually the most effective yet when somebody sponsors my podcast, man, their CPMs are probably like 500, a thousand bucks. I don't even know. Like it's expensive, but to reach this audience is very effective incredible, Yeah. Incredibly effective. Same thing on YouTube, right? YouTube was the number two after that. And specifically for YouTube ads and product placements with creators, it's the second most effective after podcasting. What do these things have in common? They're long form right? People who sit around mm -hmm. and listen and actually consume this stuff, these long form types of media are way more likely to buy. I think of like you being down in the San Fran area. I'm like, oh good, it's Friday. I have my all in podcast. Anything those guys say, I'm like, huh. I, they had like this whole thing on Manscaped recently. And I'm like, oh, I hadn't even thought about that company in a long time. They were making fun of it. And yet I'm like, imagine the amount of media dollars that they just got out of that, even that they were making fun of it for that long. It's crazy. I've invested in Manscaped, so it's a great tool. It's a great thing. Okay, okay, awesome. Yeah, I think that podcasts are super engaging. I listen to maybe four or five a day. Yeah. I love it in the car. It's time to really listen and engage. And I agree, when the, the people like yourself, when you have advertisers, you're usually picking things that you actually like. Yeah, only products I use, that's it. That's all that I do. You're not going out there just for the money. No. And I think that makes it more authentic and me want to buy it more because I trust you because yeah. I'm getting to know you through listening to you. I feel like I'm getting to know yeah. you. And that's what it's about. You build that trust and it's going to convert into a sale. Yeah. And I think that's what it is. I think you nailed it. It's trust, right? What you're doing and I think why these effective CPMs are so much less is because people build up huge amounts of trust. That's awesome, Lance. Oh man, I wish we had so much longer to talk. I'm going to ask you a few more questions here. What's one thing you used to believe as a CEO that you just don't believe anymore? What's something I believe that I just don't believe anymore? I think that there was a relationship between businesses as a brand and as maybe a customer, like a wholesale customer. Yeah. And it was very much a co-owned relationship. Like you had time let's say, as a brand, and the retailer would help you and give you that time. There's no time anymore. Mm. You need to hit the ground running. And it's a painful reality, but it's the reality. Yeah, it's just how it is. And the consumer is moving on quickly, and you have to keep up. And if you don't keep up, 
you're going to fall behind. So I would say it's not necessarily slow and steady wins the race anymore. You have to pick up that pace and you have to really break through that noise. Yeah. That's what I see happening now and how I'm thinking about going forward. I mean, that I feel like that's actually so true in business, right? Even on like we own multiple brands and stuff, but on the agency side, it's like get quick wins immediately. There's no waiting around. You must get wins immediately because people aren't going to wait around, brand, especially brands. And I think it really helps for me being a brand owner, being the CEO here where I'm like, no, this will not do. You need to have results yesterday. That's the only way that this works. Yeah. So <laughs> I am totally with you. Like. It's totally true. Yeah. <laughs> the question I ask everyone who comes on the podcast, what is your secret to scaling? Amazing people. I think that in the beginning of my career, I always was like, well, I'm good and I can do this and just watch me and you're plowing forward. But the more the deeper you get into a business and the more your role grows, you realize that you don't matter. What matters is the people that you totally. surround yourself with. Yeah, yeah. So for me, I've been so fortunate in the last years to understand that and to work really hard at surrounding myself with people that are way, way better and smarter than me. I'm just orchestrate things. And I learn so much from everyone. And I screw it up sometimes. But yeah, it's all about a great team of people. Yeah, absolutely. It's so nice talking to another CEO too, where it's like, you understand as running, and it's funny, like from the top, it's like, you can do nothing, right? Like there's not any action that you're going to do as a CEO. It's setting, it's understanding people, right? And I think it was Jack Welch who said, I'm one of the best people who ever hired. Like I nailed hiring, whatever he said. And he said, and I'm good about 50% of the time, but it's really trying to pick those things out and set this direction and values and all of these things. But it's not us. We can't do anything, which is, it's not possible, right? It's not possible to execute on a daily basis. And so you have to have rock stars around you. And if you don't, then you're not a CEO. You're just running a company and you're just a glorified president. So yeah, this is great. Lance, we're, we're running out of time here, but I do want to ask you of these podcasts that you listen to daily, what's been the most impactful one recently? The Dire of a CEO. Yeah. And any specific episodes point jump out to you on that one? Yeah. There was this woman talking about trauma and how our body lives trauma. Mm. And I don't think I ever thought about it. And I just found it to be inspiring. And it really made me think about not only my own past, but sometimes when you're interacting with people, and that you really have to step back and be like, it's not about me, it's about them. Totally. And that's their thing. And I don't need to internalize it. And I just need to be there to understand. Yeah. So Anyway, I find his episodes, many of them, very, very inspiring for me. I loved his episode. It was like that when I think about a pinnacle kind of episode of his with Malcolm Gladwell about a year or two ago, and Malcolm talking about going back to work. And he's like, it's not whether or not you should. He's like, is that the life you want to live? Do you want to live a life that's mm. on your own and segregated in some room with nobody around or do you want to have a community and build all these things together and I was like oh man I'm like because people just ragged on him for saying that and I'm like no it's human it's human we all want connection with people yeah. right this is why I do the podcast too just to connect like oh now I have this beautiful connection with Lance and you just don't get that if you don't connect and you're just on your computer all day and just getting things done. I don't think that's what life's about. I don't think it's about just getting things done. So Lance, thank you so much for your time Agreed. today. What a wonderful conversation. I wish that I 
could have allotted a little bit more time here because this was great. Where can people connect with you and then find out more about the Juice Beauty story? Well, of course, there's juicebeauty.com, all things juice. And then you can always reach out to me on LinkedIn. I love to engage and talk and follow people. Yeah. And thank you, Jordan. It was really fun. And I hope we can have another conversation in the future. Absolutely. I'm sure that we'll stay in touch. This was great, Lance. Thank you. Thank you so much. Talk to you later. Hey guys, just wanted to say thanks again so much for listening to the podcast. If I could ask one favor of you, it would be to share this with your other e-commerce store owner friends. Uh, We want uh, everyone in the e-com space uh, to be listening to this podcast and lots of you guys already are and we really, really appreciate that. One last thing before you go as well is we are offering to our podcast listeners a free e-commerce growth plan where we go from strategy to sale with your brand in this e-commerce growth plan. So feel free to go to www.upgrowthcommerce.com slash grow and apply for a free growth plan today. Thank you all again so much for listening.